Welcome to Yes Lord Ministries, a non-denominational, full gospel, Bible-believing church where the Word of God comes alive in your life. Sundays were virtual. Start your day with a fresh word from God at 8.30 a.m. with our Sunday morning worship experience. Join us every Sunday evening for our Sunday Night Ignite service at 6.30 p.m. Start your day with prayer every Wednesday morning at 5.30 a.m. The call-in number is 563-999-1161 and the access code is 1722-68 in a pound sign. Join us every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. as we dive into the Word of God during our Spread the Bread Bible study. Like our Yes Lord Ministries page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram under the handle at YLMConnect. Follow us on Twitter under the handle at YLM Connect. Subscribe to our Yes Lord Ministries YouTube channel. Access our digital web hub at www.ylmconnect.org. Our YLM Sermon of the Week podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. There are several ways to give. You can text the word GIVE to 1-844-948-3895. You can also download the Giveify app from your Apple App Store or your Google Play Store and search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenworth, New Jersey. Or you can go to our website, www.ylmconnect.org, and click the donate button. You can also use Cash App, and our handle is dollar sign yes lord m. You can also mail checks and money orders to P.O. Box 6098, Newark, New Jersey 07106. Please include your driver's license number and expiration date for processing purposes. If your information has recently changed, please email us at events at On behalf of Apostle Willie Talbert and Dr. Mamie Talbert and the entire Yes Lord Ministries church family, thank you for joining us and welcome home. Good evening. Welcome to Yes Lord Ministry Spread the Bread Bible Class. I am Pastor Steve Talbert. Uh, and tonight we will be continuing our session about trusting God. Uh, and so Let's start out with prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for this time and your word. We thank you for uh, this opportunity just to fellowship together virtually. And we just ask that you grant us the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, might counsel to fear the Lord, the anointing of God. And we just 
Lord God, just wherever we are, Lord God, whether we're in a car, whether we're in our homes, uh, wherever we are, uh, Lord God, we just thank you for your presence just being with us every time, Lord God, we wake up in the morning and even when we're asleep at night, you're with us. And so we just thank you for that awareness, Lord God, and we just praise you for it, for you are great and you are good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. And so again, we're going to continue our session of talking about trusting God. And last week, uh, the scripture that was used, uh, one of the scriptures that was used was Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6, uh, which says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not into thine own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Uh, some versions say he will make straight your paths. Uh, and so in, in talking about the concept of or the, the concept of trusting God, uh, we have to understand that uh, faith is very, very important to the life of the believer. Uh, without faith, uh, it's impossible to please God. That's what Hebrews tells us. Uh, and so uh, we, need to, we need to have faith. In Hebrews 11, it also tells us that it was by faith that our ancestors or that the elders obtained a good report or won God's approval. Uh, and so uh, we definitely want to make sure that uh, in all our doing uh, in life, in all our living, that we're pleasing God. But you can only please God when you learn to operate, when you learn to live by faith. Uh, because if you if you're one of those people that uh, you don't trust God completely, uh, then you can't think that God is happy with that. Uh, I mean, a lot of people these days have begun to uh, rationalize doubt, you know, and, and make try to normalize doubt as it's okay to doubt. Um, see, while doubt may be a normal part of the human experience, uh, doubt is not ever to be accepted by the believer. Uh, we wouldn't be believers if we didn't believe. Uh, and so uh, just learning to trust God. I want to look at uh, the, the same Proverbs 3, verse 5 to uh, six in an amplify in a uh, message Bible first. Uh, it says, "Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Do not try to figure it out. Do not try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track." How many of us have tried to to do things on our own? We try to, you know, we think, okay, let's go on cruise control. I got this, God. Let me handle this. You know, I'll call you when I need you. You know, there's some crisis or something that's uh, some need in our lives, something that's trying to be worked out in our lives. And, and we start out trusting God, but then when it seems like the bumpy part of it has kind of subsided and, and, and it's easy now, uh, what happens is we, we tend to try to take over. We tend to try to try to figure it out, you know, figure the rest of it out, you know, on our own. And, and that's when we get into our hustle mindset. Um, and, and so uh, when we get into that hustle mindset and we try to figure things out on our own, how many of us, I mean, maybe I'm the only one uh, that has actually seen where when you put your hands in it, that's when all of a sudden you lose control of the situation. And it becomes a bigger mess than when it originally started and becomes more of a, a problem than when it originally started. Uh, and so this, in a message, it says, do not try. Don't try to figure out everything on your own because our understanding of the situation is finite. We can only see, we can only see up until the point that we're in, but God sees the end from the beginning. 
And so because God sees the end from the beginning, then it actually, we're encouraged to actually let him guide us, let him lead us, you know? And, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, letting him lead us, let him, letting him be in charge of your life. If you're going to live by the spirit, then part of living and walking in the spirit is learning to live by faith, trusting, completely trusting God. That's what the word faith means. It's that word that means complete, a complete reliance on God, on the truths of God. And so our, our faith or our life as believers is established on the finished works of Christ and what God did in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Uh, and so uh, because that's the basis of our Christian faith, uh, then we have to maintain that. And how do you maintain that? You maintain it when you completely, completely abandon your own reasoning because you you don't know. You really don't know. You're you're I don't care whether you're you're five or a hundred and five. You're new to this. OK. And so God is is the eternal one. He's the one who has who has created us he's the one who is is beyond even uh the scripture says his understanding is past finding out so so we could search and search and search we could be up all night long and we still not really understand why certain things happen the way they do and it's sometimes in that mystery sometimes in the mystery of of disappointment sometimes in the mystery of crisis, uh, that's the point where our human reasoning, because we we look for easy answers, we look for those easy answers. You know, uh, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I remember in school, you know, some school books would actually have the answers in the back of the book. And so, what would some of some of us do? I mean, not maybe not not me. I was one of those kids that I like to study, but you know, some of y'all, you know, like to go in the back of the book instead of reading through and actually learning the lessons organically, you, you try to cheat the system, cheat the process, you know, and see, that's what, that's when we start to mess things up because if you never learn the lesson, then you're actually going to mess up and repeat the same mistakes over and over and over again, you know? And so, it says, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go, everything you do and everywhere you go, listen for God's voice. And see, we're living in a time and a season where the body of Christ needs to get back to learning everybody, not just the prophets and apostles and all those other fivefold gifts, but everybody in the body of Christ needs to get back to the point where everybody learns and knows how to hear the voice of God for themselves. Because see, if we're always reliant on that special person who they, they just seem to always hear God so easy. So let me go to them. Let me call them up. You know, I mean, it, it's something how, you know, I was talking, I had a conversation with a couple of individuals yesterday and we were talking about that same thing, how, People, they, they, people, instead of learning how to hear God and, and, and not only learning how to hear him, but then once I hear him, because you're not hearing him just because you want to feel special, like I can hear God. No, but when you hear him and when he speaks to you, what do you do with the instruction that God gives to you? 
Do you just, is it, it just, just the luxury of hearing God that you want? Or do you understand that it's a necessity that we hear God and not only that we hear God for ourselves, but when we hear him, we obey him. Because Jesus said that it's not the one. And even James, Jesus said this first. He says that in order to really see the uh, benefits of the word and, and to actually survive this, this thing called life, you can't just be here. You can't just be here. You actually have to become an applier of the word of God. And the people that live by faith apply the word of God. It's not just saying, saying, saying all the time. See, a lot of people have turned uh, have turned uh, speaking or, or the power of words. They've turned that into a religion all its own. And it's not just saying things almost like Alakazam, man, I can make things happen. No, but it's understanding the authority that God has given you as a human being. It says the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord. That's what Psalm tells us. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. What did he tell, what did he tell Adam in the beginning? He, he said that he wanted him to be fruitful, multiply, to have dominion and subdue the earth everything that creeps on the earth. And so with our existence, with our, our creation comes the authority to speak into this place, into this world, and actually to see the manifestation. It, it, but you can't say things you don't believe. And see, a lot of people, uh, they, and, and then here's the thing, you can't say things you don't believe, and you know you believe them when you your life actually lines up with the words that you're speaking. And see, a lot of people, uh, they get, because even now the secular people out there now, you know, the secular people, they don't, they, unbelievers are, are getting into where I'm speaking into the universe. What are you saying? Why are you saying it? Do you even know what it means? No, they don't. All they think is that if I speak it into the universe, speak it into the universe, they know that there is power in the words. They know that they know that life and death is in the power of the song because we've said it so much. And then they they popped, they made it pop culture now, you know, to where affirmations and all sorts of things, you know. And so they made it popular culture to where, you know, it is some believers actually see the lines blurred. In their in their lives, because because see, they just start saying stuff instead of saying what God said. See, God made man a speaking spirit, but He wanted us to be like Him. This is from the beginning. He wanted us to be like. That's why we were made after His image and His likeness. Is because He wanted us to operate like He operated it. He wanted us to understand the gravity of the what we say so that we can now be intentional about what we say and not just say it hoping that things happen. No, but when we speak, because in the beginning, when it says, in the beginning, it says, and God said, let there be, and in the original Hebrew, he literally just said, light, light be, light come into existence, happen. He didn't say, I hope there's light. I hope there's light. I hope there's light. And then light came into dark. No, no. He said, let there be. And almost like a, 
a cataclysmic explosion. His words manifested right there. And it says, and there was light. It didn't come around a corner somewhere. No, it just happened. And so when we become and we start to grow up in in our faith, because you, you mature in Romans, Paul tells us that we grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. And so when you begin to mature in your faith and you begin to mature in a lifestyle of faith, then you begin to understand that the things that I am going to speak have to be in line with the will of God for my life. And how do I know the will of God? I know the will of God because the will of God is in the word of God. The will of God is in the word of God. So if you want to learn how to talk like God, then you have to learn how God talked and how he wants you to continue to speak. Don't just say things. Don't just say things. Say what he says so that your words can carry such authority because it's not your authority it's the authority of God that is resident within you that is causing that is causing change, that is causing manifestation. But it's understanding that. It's understanding that uh, that it's not your mind, it's the mind of Christ that you're operating in. Jesus even said, he said that I only say what I see the Father say. And I only hear the Father say, and I only do what I see the Father do. The words that I see, he even said, the words that he spoke were spirit and they are life. And so it's understanding that our, our authority is based on what God's words say. We're not making this stuff up. We're not making it up. Even when it comes to financial prosperity, because a lot of people nowadays, you know, are speaking, they, they're like, I'm speaking it into the atmosphere. I'm speaking it into the atmosphere. I'm speaking it into the atmosphere. Why? What promise do you have? Because, see, when we learn the promises of God, because uh, Paul told the Corinthians, he said, for all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Yes, that, that's an affirmed word. Yes, and amen. That's another firm word, which means so shall it be. And so we need to understand where our promises lie. Where 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 are they? The, what's the basis of those promises? Bible tells us that they are great and precious promises. And so understanding that. Uh, then we understand the fact that uh, Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is the title deed. Faith is the title deed. And so, and understanding that faith is the title deed, then we need to, uh, we need to actually understand that our deed, title, and a deed is, is proof of ownership. A deed is proof of ownership. This is our deed. This is our deed. Our deed. This is our proof of ownership. And so, if you want a word from God, as they say, you know, sarcastically, there's 66. 
66 books, pick one and learn how to hear from God for yourself. And then not only learn how to hear from God for yourself, but learn how to obey God. Learn how, learn how to actually begin to move when he says move. Too many of us are praying prayers that God has already answered, but because of our lack of discernment, we can't see it. We can't see the answer. I was I was thinking about this because uh, funny situation happened uh, yesterday. So uh, my wife wasn't feeling well, and uh, my mom calls to check on her. And so I'm with my daughter, and my daughter. And so my mom says to my daughter, "Are you going to pray for mommy?" Because you know, I was taught when I was her age to pray, and she's being taught to pray, and. So my mom said, are, are you going to pray for mommy? She says, yes, but then I'm going to worry. What? I said, what? <laughs> Me and my mom were just like, what, what did you say? Don't ever say that. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to worry. And a lot of people operate just like that. A lot of people pray to God. And when you pray, that means to me, it means that you trust him and he's able to give your answer. But then you worry because you doubt that he's able to give your answer. James calls that a double-minded man. And then he says that the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so you, you have to begin to... Uh, Understand that if you're going to pray, then you have to totally and completely rely on God to give the result. Your part is to trust him. Your part is to trust him. His part is to answer you. In, in uh, the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah in uh, 12, 29, Jeremiah 29, uh in this scripture, uh, starting at verse 11, because verse 11 is one scripture everybody always quotes, but do you believe it? it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, uh, plans for your for welfare, for your well-being, and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and hope, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you and I will hear you. So God is not, he's not ignoring you. He says, then you will call upon me because now you understand his intentions towards you. So now once I understand his intentions for me are for my well-being and not evil, so any bad things that happen in your life, God did not do it. Because he says here, he says, my plans for you are for your welfare, for your well-being, and not for evil. That right there might turn some people's belief systems upside down because your, your, your religion 
tells you that if bad things happen, God brought those bad things too. No, he did not. Because the scripture clearly says that his plans for us are for our welfare, Jeremiah 29, 11, for our welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So if anything in your life is contrary to welfare, future, and hope, then it is not from God, okay? Like, it's just like, you tell you tell the children, you know, tell our daughter, uh, don't talk to strangers. If you see a stranger come up to you, stranger danger, you know? And some, some of those alien thoughts that are that are are invading our minds and, and contaminating our faith that tell us that evil things God let them happen or God God brought them to us or no he didn't that's completely against his nature he says his plans for us are plans for welfare for our welfare our well-being our good our benefit and a hope, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me because now I understand his intentions for me. I will come to him, I will pray to him and he will hear me. So, so when I pray, God hears me. So when you live a life of faith, then when you pray, you know God hears you. You're not wondering if he heard you, but you know that when you pray, God hears you. And, and so it says, you will seek me and find me. You will seek me and find, so you will seek, so you will seek me and find me. If we can find him, that means he's not hiding from us. If we can find him, that means he's not hiding from us. When you seek me with all your heart. So in other words, you've tried your way. You tried everybody else's way. And now you're totally and completely open to God's way. That's the kingdom. Being totally and completely open to God's way. And so God says, I will be found by you. I will be found with by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. And so is, is our now place as the children of God to now uh, understand that our, our inheritance, our inheritance as believers entitles us to see total and complete restoration. 
And so in order to really live the faith life or to walk by faith, it is believing and knowing because see, I can't, I can't just think it. No, I have to know it. I have to be, I have to be my, my, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions all have to be in line and have to actually understand that God loves me so much that his intentions for me are only good. His intentions for my life are only good. That's why he has these great and precious promises that he's made to us that have been sealed and signed, sealed, and delivered by the blood of Jesus, and that have been guaranteed that now that we are redeemed, that we are redeemed, that now we can experience a restoration. He says, I will restore your fortunes. I will restore your fortunes. I will, I will, I will not only be found, not only will you have relationship with me, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna give you back. The fortune, I'm going to give you back the lost inheritances that you thought were forfeited and lost when you were walking in sin and you had no hope. You you were you lived a hopeless life. He says, now I'm going to change all of that for you. And I'm going to actually restore your fortunes. I'm going to not only restore your fortunes, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you back together again. And that's why we prosperity is not a curse word. That's why it's not a sin to be prosperous. Because that is his intention for us. That's his good intention for us. And God will never, ever violate his word. However, I like this saying, uh, uh, Bill Johnson of Bethel Church in Reading says, God will never violate his word, but he will violate our understanding of his word. Why? Because our understanding is in a constant state of growth. It's in a constant process of growth where we thought we knew, but then God will all of a sudden, as we start to seek him, and how do we seek him first? We seek him first and foremost, not only through prayer, but through the word of God. And as we seek him, in his word, God, and, and through prayer, God will all of a sudden cause, as Paul prayed for the Ephesian church, that the eyes of our understanding will be flooded with light to where all of a sudden what we didn't understand or see before, now we can see it. And once we can see it, then we can start living it. That's the good life. That's the life that he wants for his people is a life where people will trust him so much to where they want to find out, okay, what does God say? Because see, here's the thing. We've been allowing so many other things to define our existence. Even after we get saved, we're, we, we allow so many other things to define our existence to where if, if a situation in our life is not going the way we want it to at the moment, because guess what? Situations are subject to change. Your crisis is subject to change. And you will become the overcomer instead of being overcome. And we need to understand that 
that because situations are subject to change, and we're constantly understanding that, that the that the troubles that we face right now are only temporary. Their 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 time is only short lived. There's an expiration date to trouble. There is an expiration date to your trouble, and the people of faith understand that there is an expiration date to your trouble. And so, as they pray, as they seek God, as they pursue God's good intentions, and as they receive into their life the love that comes with those good intentions, then they begin to understand that these situations, my lack is only temporary. My sickness is only temporary because he said, by who he, Peter, I like the way Peter says it. Peter says this, he says, by whose stripes you were healed. He makes it a past tense in Isaiah you are healed, you were healed. In Isaiah, it's are, and Peter, it's were. I like that. You know why? Because that tells me that it's already done. So when I pray, when I seek God, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm bringing a, a petition before God, then I can actually, there, there's, a, a, there's, there's a, 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 something that happens where God takes the request and, and puts it into his realm. And when God takes that request and puts it into his realm, he accelerates the answer. He can accelerate the answer. But then you say to me, but what about, I've been praying for years and years. Sometimes we, we pray and, and we're praying for years and years. And, and, and sometimes we're not basing that prayer on an on a promise, and we waver, we waver, sometimes we waver, sometimes there's there's actual warfare to cause you to lose hope in the process, but then sometimes the greatest enemy is inside of me, because sometimes I waver, sometimes I'm not, I'm not always... Sometimes I'm confident when I go into prayer, but then somewhere between me bringing it to prayer and a manifestation coming to me, sometimes I fumble the ball. Sometimes I, 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 I grow weary. I grow weary of waiting because we hate waiting. That's why we have microwaves. That's why we have fast food restaurants. That's why. That's why. That's why uh, 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 email is becoming one of the preferred methods of correspondence, as opposed to actual mail. They call it snail mail now. Email is preferred over snail mail because we want things right away. We we are not used to waiting. We we want things right now on demand. That's why even now uh, the the biggest the biggest uh, uh, entertainment uh, uh, services are the on-demand streaming services because we don't want to wait for next week's episode. We want to watch all our episodes, right? We want to binge one after the other. We want over, we want more now. We don't want more later. We want more now, you know? And, and sometimes, you know, we need to understand that in our waiting, character can be developed. Because you may be praying for uh, financial provision now, but maybe you're not mature enough to handle financial provision now in the way that God wants to bring it to you. Because guess what? You would end up wasting it 
and you would end up being right where you were prior to you standing on that promise. And God doesn't want that. He doesn't want he doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to experience a blessing and then you turning that blessing into a curse. He doesn't want that. And you're in a shoddy character will actually cause that to happen. And people need to understand that. They need to understand that sometimes in our waiting, it's not no. It's just wait and develop your character. Let me develop your character. Let me get you ready for this blessing. Because I want you to actually enjoy the fullness of it and not squander it and waste it. I God doesn't want his name to be thrown in the mud. He doesn't, he doesn't want us testifying at church about our, our praise report of, 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 oh, we got a job. And then next week, we're like, I hate this job. But you wanted a promotion. or You, you wanted increase. You wanted this. You wanted that. But then God brings it to you, and then what do you do? Oh, God, I'm so, I'm so tired. I hate this. I, I need another job. But you just got here last week. And see, we need to understand that, that, that waiting is not a bad thing. Sometimes the answers will come instantaneously, but then sometimes there's a process in faith, there's a process. When Abraham, Abraham is the greatest lesson about processes. Come on. He didn't have his son until the, the dude now in our, in our modern time, the dude ain't supposed to have no kids at that age. But God had a plan. God had a plan. And, and God actually shows us his plan through the life of Abraham. To the to the point to where when we read the record of Abraham, what does the what what does God call Abraham in Scripture? It says Abraham was God's friend, God's friend. Friends build relationship over time. You can meet somebody today, but just because you met somebody today, don't mean you're friends. You're acquainted. You're not really friends, not until you go through you go through some time and you begin to learn more about each other. And Abraham started to understand more about his friend because prior to us reading about Abraham, his family really didn't have a history with God like that. Even though he was connected to Adam, something happened through the generations where that relationship that Adam had and that Methuselah had, everybody didn't have that relationship. So we get to Abraham and that relationship has to go through that process. It has to go through that cultivation, that development to where all of a sudden Abraham now in our history lesson through the word, Abraham now is called God's friend. And see, people of faith, they they cultivate a relationship. We cultivate such a relationship with God to where he calls us friends. He, even, even when uh, Jesus told the disciples, he says, no longer are you servants, but now you are friends. And guess what? Friends get the intimate detail, the intimate details that nobody else can get. 
And that's why it's important for us to learn that process of learning to hear from God for ourselves. And, and again, not just learning to hear, just to have the luxury of hearing from God, but learning to hear from God so that you can then do what he says. Because guess what? Somebody else's breakthrough is dependent on your obedience. And see, sometimes we in our in our faith, you know, because that's one of the reasons why uh, people, uh, I guess, turned against uh, talking and teachings about faith is because uh, it just seemed like faith just stopped at me. It didn't go anywhere else. It didn't it didn't benefit anybody but me because you know I wanted to be you know I wanted to be prosperous. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be. And so it just seemed like it was just so self-centered the way that people were, the way that people were actually taking it is it's not the way the Bible teaches it because the Bible doesn't teach us to live for ourselves only. We're all we're no, because my faith can benefit you and your faith can benefit me. When I start to see that the world is bigger than me and that God's plan for mankind is bigger than me. I'm waiting to see what his part is for me. What is the part I'm going to play in the story, in his story? And how will my faith help and benefit you, benefits my neighbor, benefit someone else besides myself. And so we need to understand this. We need to understand if we want to, we want to see the full, the full benefit of having a relationship with God, because this, the overall series that we've been in for the past few months have been about discipleship. And so uh, discipleship, if we want to really understand the full benefits of what it is to have that, and discipleship is grown in relationship. You know, discipleship is, is not just about being superior to anybody. No, discipleship is about relationships. It's a, even, even church, church is not, uh, is not just a place we go just to, it's not a place we go at all. It's a, it's a group of people who have been selected and, and, and chosen by God to grow in fellowship with one another to where all of a sudden that relationship that they have with God, it, it does something. It, it enhances the, the relationship they have with one another, and then it enhances the, the relationship that the whole world is supposed to have with God. And so... Uh, there is a question where it says, how can we show that we really trust God? We really we can show we really trust God when we stop trying to manipulate. We stop trying to manipulate the situation and we allow God to bring about his answer. We about allow God to actually run the show. Stop, just stop it. You know, like, like some people... It's just funny how how some people ask for help 
It's almost like a drowning person. You you asking for help. You're drowning. You're asking for help. But instead of allowing yourself to be rescued, you're splashing about frantically, not realizing that you're splashing about is hindering your rescue. I told a story the other week, the, a couple of weeks ago, about how you know I went into the deep end. And, and when I went into the deep end, I, I actually uh, found myself, you know, splashing frantically, not realizing that splashing was bringing me further and further down under the water. It wasn't until I stopped struggling, I stopped resisting the rescue, and I allowed myself to be rescued. And so the same thing goes. We, we show we trust God when we stop resisting God because the Bible tells us to resist, resist the devil. Draw close to God. Draw near to God, but resist the devil. But instead, we're drawn close to the devil because the devil appeals to our passions. He, 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 he appeals to our lusts. And so we we draw near it because we we like attractive things, and it's not always sexual, but we 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 like attractive things, and so sometimes we're drawn away from God because we see something across the room, and God is sitting like, "Where are you going? I thought we was in relationship." Because guess what? That word faith means fidelity. And so if you're in a relationship and you betray that relationship, what do we call that? Infidelity. And so it's, we need to learn how to stop our own efforts. It, because it's not, about, it's not about what we can do. It's about what he's already done. And what he is doing. And it's allowing him to do his best work in our lives. It's allowing him to do his best work in our lives. And trusting that he knows best. Because Jeremiah 29. Whenever you forget, just remember Jeremiah 29. How he says that my plans for you are for your welfare, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. And so you always know that's where his his mind is is focused on is your welfare, your future, and your hope. And so, if you have any questions, uh, please put them in a in a comments box, uh, and I will see them, and we will address them uh, tonight. Uh, and we're talking about trusting God. So please, any questions that you ask. Uh, please let it uh, pertain to the lesson and only the lesson. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna just leave a few moments for some questions and answers. And so, uh, the one question I want to throw out there uh, is: Are you ready to see God's best for your life? Are you ready to see what God's plan means to you? It means for you. And are you ready to see that God's plan for you will actually 
begin the unfolding of God's plan for someone else that you're connected to. And so I don't see any questions in the, in the uh, comment box and I already addressed the one question uh, that was sent. And so uh, I really pray that you are blessed tonight. And I pray that you begin to uh, allow God to bring you through that process of growing in your faith, begin to take you through that process where you, you have to trust God. Some of you are facing situations where if it's not God, it's not be at all because he's the only one that has the answer for you. You tried to figure it out yourself. You don't have enough. You don't have any connections of your own. It's going to be God's divine appointments and God's divine provision that bring you through the season of your life. And so, uh, Lord God, we just thank you for everyone that's viewing this uh, telecast right now, this live, and we just praise you for uh, just being a good father to us, God, because that that's really uh, what's really a great focus for us is to understand that you're a good father, you're not abusive, uh, and that your plans for us are for our welfare, for our future, for our hope. Uh, and so, God, we just thank you right now. We praise you uh, for just seeing the results of what, what it is to trust you and just the many blessings that you're going to even uh, unfold in our lives in the days to come. We just thank you, Lord, for praise reports, Lord, uh, that you're going to give us at your birth. And even this week, Lord God, birth and praise reports in our lives. Uh, and just, just Lord, we're going to share those with everybody, Lord God. We're going to share. We're not going to keep them to ourselves because uh, we want to tell the world about your faithfulness, God. We want to we want to give you some good press. We want to we want to big you up, God, because the world needs to know that our God is a good God and that Jesus is alive. And so we want the world to see. We want the world to know about your power, about your glory, about your goodness towards us and how they can actually become a benefit, a, a person who actually benefits from your goodness. They, this is not just for us. This is, Lord, but you want us to share this thing. This is not just to keep a secret, but you want us to share this thing. So, God, we're going to do that. We're going to share. We're going to testify. And, Lord, as we begin to testify, it's going to actually birth prophetic promise into the lives of other people that may be in a similar situation. And it's going to cause them to believe you and have the faith to believe that you'll do it again. If you did it for us, you're going to do it again. You're going to do it for me. You're going to do it for my brother. You're going to do it for my sister. And so, God, we just thank you. We praise you right now, God, for that. We thank you for those testimonies. And we thank you for how it brings more glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And so with that being said, we're going to turn it over into the hands of our Dr. Mamie Talbert. God bless you. God bless you, everyone. God bless you. We thank and we praise God for the lesson on tonight talking about trust. Were you blessed by the lesson? Such an awesome lesson. And so we thank and we praise God for that lesson. So many uh, things came to me, even as the man of God was teaching the word of God. I am grateful unto God as a, a senior leader, senior pastor, that we have so many gifts in the house 
that can actually share the word. Um, that's why it's called spread the bread Bible study, because we're sharing um, the word of God. And so we think and we praise God that scripture that he started out reading um, in Proverbs, the third chapter, um, that verse is actually on my bio. Um, years ago, God gave that to me to put on my bio. And so I thank and praise God. And I know it was because I had to walk out the trust. You know, trust and faith um, are right there together. You can't trust God without faith and you can't have faith without trusting God. I like how uh, the man of God talked about the fact that um, fidelity is involved in that. And so when you betray a trust, You've committed infidelity, especially in a marital sense. When spouses betray their marital vows, they're betraying a trust. Um, they're being disloyal to their vows. And I thought about it in relationship to uh, our connection or our relationship to God, that when we betray God, we've committed infidelity. How about that? Because we betrayed God. And so my goal, my desire is to make sure that my trust is steadfast in God. And yes, this is something that we have to walk out in our lives. I, I kept looking at the lesson and looking at the lesson and says, you know what? He brought out something else about human reasoning. Human reasoning can often be an enemy to trust or to faith. How about that? our human reasoning. Why? Because our human reasoning um, sometimes will go totally contrary to what our trust ought to be focused on. We ought to focus our trust on in God to make sure, especially uh, when things are going on that we don't understand. We don't understand, but because we trust God, we know he knows all things. Even the stuff we don't understand, he knows it. And so this lesson has just radiated, it has spoken volumes to me personally, especially in my journey and in my walk with the Lord. Um, we're not just in discipleship essentials just to be in discipleship essentials. There's a reason why these lessons are being taught. I thank God because he's still speaking to his people, especially in days and times that we're living in right now. We're confronted with challenges. We're confronted with situations where we need to make decisions. And I caution you, don't make any decisions without consulting and trusting in God because he will give you direction. He will guide you. He will lead you. Uh, I thought about so many areas where we have to exercise trust. Uh, we have to prove that we trust God. We have to exercise our faith in God. And, and I thought about, you know, every Wednesday morning at 5.30 a.m., we have early morning prayer every Wednesday. And so you're definitely welcome to join us every Wednesday. But as a leader... I have to trust God that I'm not going to be the only one on that prayer call. <laughs> How about that? I, I, I have to trust God that I won't have to lead the prayer every Wednesday morning because we've got other soldiers. We've got other servants of God 
who also have prayer lives that are part of Yes Lord Ministries. Then we have those that get on the prayer call who are not uh, members of Yes Lord, but they're connected. And so I trust the God in them. I trust their relationship with God. And I trust God that they will step up to the plate and they are stepping up to the plate and that they will begin to pray. Why? Because we've got to build our prayer life in God. And so that takes trust. You've got to trust God to pray, especially now. And so we thank and we praise God for the lesson on tonight. Listen, we want you to tune in um, to every Wednesday. We'll have a different uh, servant of God who will be teaching the word of God every Wednesday. And so we're grateful unto God for his word. I enjoy the word of God. It is the teaching of the word of God that builds us up in Christ. The preaching may bring us to Christ. Listen, there may be some people that will be motivated by some singing, but it is the teaching of the word of God that will enable you to be able to stand and to last and to grow your relationship and to lead the right example so that others will be one to the kingdom. That's what it's all about, winning souls to the Lord. And so we want to uh, remind you every Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m., come on, join us, meet us on Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m., where we have our early morning service. And then at 6.30 p.m., we have our Sunday night ignite. And so we want you to join us. There's some other things that we're doing. So stay tuned, get ready for some things that are coming up in the weeks to come. Um, we want you to meet us. We'll try to make sure we have everything out there, advertising it, letting you know what's going on so that you can connect with us. We thank God that as a result of us being on these modern methods of technology, that there are souls that have been won to the kingdom because of the word of God, because of the ministry of Yes Lord Ministries. There are those that have even become part of Yes Lord Ministries and joined Yes Lord Ministries as a result of this. How many know it don't stop? Come on, the enemy can't muzzle the church. Hallelujah, to God be the glory but we're still functioning. We're still um, thriving, winning souls, winning the lost at any cost. And so we thank and we praise God. We thank him for who he is and we thank him for everything that he is doing. Listen, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, our information will come up on the screen um, as we get ready to close out on tonight. We want you to reach out to us. Let us know how you've been blessed. Go on our Facebook page. We've got Facebook Huddle uh, or YLM Huddle, I should say, where you can give your praise reports. We have received so many praise reports where people are cancer free because we trusted God to work a miracle, where people have been healed, people have been delivered, people have been set free. Lives are being won, souls are being saved. And we thank and we praise God. Come on, let's get ready to pray out. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now. We thank you for your word that came forth on tonight. We thank you for everyone that connected with us in our Spread the Bread Bible study on tonight. And God, we thank you. Help us to continue 
to demonstrate the right example, that you would be pleased, honored, and glorified, that people will be empowered and edified, and that the devil would be horrified. We thank you now for all these things. God, thank you for watching over us to protect us, going before us, making crooked places straight. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay blessed and refreshed in the Lord. We love you. Welcome to Yes Lord Ministries, a non-denominational, full gospel, Bible-believing church where the word of God comes alive in your life. Sundays we're virtual. Start your day with a fresh word from God at 8.30 a.m. with our Sunday morning worship experience. Join us every Sunday evening for our Sunday night ignite service at 6.30 p.m. Start your day with prayer every Wednesday morning at 5.30 a.m. The call-in number is 563-999-1161 and the access code is 172268 in a pound sign. Join us every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. as we dive into the Word of God during our Spread the Bread Bible study. Like our Yes Lord Ministries page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram under the handle at YLMConnect. Follow us on Twitter under the handle at YLMConnect. Subscribe to our Yes Lord Ministries YouTube channel. Access our digital web hub at www.ylmconnect.org. Our YLM Sermon of the Week podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. There are several ways to give. You can text the word GIVE to one 948 3895. You can also download the Giveify app from your Apple App Store or your Google Play Store and search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenworth, New Jersey. Or you can go to our website www.ylmconnect.org and click the donate button. You can also use Cash App and our handle is dollar sign yes lord m. You can also mail checks and money orders to P.O. Box 6098, Newark, New Jersey 07106. Please include your driver's license number and expiration date for processing purposes. If your information has recently changed, please email us at events at On behalf of Apostle Willie Talbert and Dr. Mamie Talbert and the entire Yes Lord Ministries church family, thank you for joining us and welcome home.